Rabbi Stephen Warnick reflects on the recent passing of Queen Elizabeth II. This sermon is called, My Life Devoted to Your Service. Enjoy. I've been fascinated by the outpouring of love for the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, Maybe it's because it's the first time in many of our lives that we've seen uh, such a pageantry for the loss of a member uh, of of the Queen, really. Uh, And it's been uh, amazing to watch. I was especially intrigued. Uh, Did you see the clip of David Beckham in line in the queue? Uh, it was like it was wonderful. Uh, here's this mega sports star, very well known, standing 12 hours in line with the rest of the community to pay his respects to the queen. The the queue at some point was more than eight kilometers long, and the waiting period to move through it was 24 hours. 24 hours. Uh, Yaakov and Daniel noted that that queue, and if you watch the way in which people passed through, passed by her coffin, uh, the, there was a, a similarity between the queue and the process of paying your respects to the queen. As we remember in the before COVID days when people would line up here at Nila and come up to the ark to have that personal prayer before, before God. Uh, It's been just amazing to watch, and it's because Queen Elizabeth's monarchy was a cherished one. She was extolled. She was blessed. It wasn't always that way in history. Uh, Take Ivan the Terrible, for example. Even his name tells you how people felt about him and how he even felt about himself in terms of his rule. His rule, by all accounts, was a cursed one. Today's Torah reading, as we've noted, speaks of blessings and of curses. The divinely imposed consequences is how Eitz Chaim, the Chumash, describes it. The divinely imposed consequences of either obeying or disobeying the King of Kings, the Sovereign of the Universe, God, in terms of the Brit, the covenant that God has made with the Jewish people. In the ancient world, and in some corners of the not-so-ancient world, many take these blessings and these curses literally. If you follow God's commandments, you will receive these blessings. And if you do not follow these commandments, these curses will befall upon you. The tochacha, the curses, they're terrifying. And that's what makes that theology of reading this text literally so difficult. Drought, diseases, crop failure, economic collapse and dependency, defeat in war, conquest, oppression, famine, cannibalism, and exile. In his commentary to Deuteronomy, Dr. Jeffrey Tigay writes, these warnings are presented in repeated, seemingly endless detail that aims to impress indelibly the consequences of disobedience 
on the mind and heart of the audience. Now the problem with reading it literally is that we know from our lived experience that this is not the way of the world. That if I, if I do good, I will be blessed, and if I do bad, I will be cursed. We know, as the rabbis understood all too well, even in their reality, that the good often suffer and the wicked at times prosper. So how are we to understand these brachot, these blessings, and the tochacha, these klalot, these curses? Rabbi Shai Held differentiates between two different types of yira shamayim. Yira shamayim. The word yira very often is translated as fear. So yirat shamayim is the fear of heaven. That's the literal reading of the tochacha. We observe the mitzvot because we're afraid of what would happen if we don't. It's a very pediatric understanding of theology, that there's a direct cause and effect with God for our actions. But Shai also points out that the word yirah can also mean awe, as in awesome. Not the way in which teenagers use it. But very often, that sense, even, you know, I remember the first time I walked into this sanctuary. This sanctuary is designed to create a feeling of awe, of majesty, that God is great, that there's some mystical element of being in this space of Kedusha, of holiness. Yerat Shemaim, in that way, is understood as awe. And for Shai, he quotes his teacher, Bernard Steinberg, who writes that awe is what happens to fear when it stops being about me. When it stops being about me. When I understand that I'm part of something greater than myself, then I can transition from a position, a relationship of fear to one of awe of humility. Ben Azai, who was a student of Rabbi Akiba, thousands of years ago, for example, taught zecher mitzvah mitzvah. In other words, the reward for doing a mitzvah is not a blessing. I don't do a mitzvah because a blessing is going to come to me. I do a mitzvah for the mitzvah itself because I'm in relationship with God and I value that sacred relationship. And conversely, zechar avera avera. The consequence for doing an avera, for sinning, for transgressing, is the avera itself. If we understand this theology, therefore, of the blessings, the brachot, and the klalot, and the curses in this way, then what the Torah reading is about is not about a literal consequence, a causality of blessing and punishment for observing the mitzvot, but rather it's about a notion of becoming, 
I can become a blessing by fulfilling the mitzvot. I can become a curse by fulfilling actions that are filled with curses. It's not about acquisition. We see this play out on the world stage. Vladimir Putin has become a curse. Zelensky has become a blessing. And what's amazing about Zelensky becoming a blessing is that no one would have imagined it. A Jewish comedian would rise to such a role in Ukraine, of all places. The circumstances of the war were thrust upon him. And Zelensky, he saw a choice of how he would respond. And he chose to be a blessing to his people and to the vast majority of the world. And I think if we understand the, the section of the Torah of Kitavo in this way, then we can understand why it is that Queen Elizabeth is also so revered at this moment of her passing. For she too had a choice to become a blessing. This role was not one that was destined for her. She wasn't in line. If it weren't for her uncle, King Edward, and his abdication, she wouldn't be here at all, nor her family. She was a young, a young woman, a young girl at the time, when suddenly her father became king and she the heir apparent. She was not otherwise preparing for the role. She was young and simple and thrust into it at an early age. Yet she saw that she could be a blessing to her people and to the world if she had the determination to fulfill the responsibilities of that role. And we all know, because we've heard it over and over again, the solemn vow that she made when she became queen, which was to dedicate herself to a life of service. And that's the choice that she made. with determination to the best of her abilities. And perhaps that's why so many people are mourning this matriarch. Perhaps it is as David Horowitz wrote this week in the Times of Israel, because Queen Elizabeth ceremonially presided over the political fray, she credibly credibly helped Britain retain its self-perception of doing the right thing. She upheld traditional positive values and therefore she made it, Britain, and the Commonwealth better places than they would otherwise have been without her. Monday is Her Majesty the Queen's funeral. May her memory continue to be as she lived, a blessing. Baruch at ba'ir, baruch at basadeh. May she be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Baruch at bavo ayich. May she be blessed in her coming into this world. Uvaruch at betzeitayich. 
and may she be blessed in her exiting this world to the world to come as well. And for this, we can all say, Amen. Turn back now in our cedar room to page 155. We'll invite you to rise as you're able for 